Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today I bring to you part one of my interview with Jarrell Yao Yay, an absolute champion bloke, a guy I've got so much respect for, uh, and a guy that I just can't believe how positive he is. It was such a such an enjoyable hour and a half, two hours to be able to talk to him. Uh, I've split this up into three parts. This will be part one. You'll hear part two next Tuesday, part three the Tuesday after. And here we talk about growing up in Rocky, up in Queensland. Uh, Jarrell talks about his childhood, his uh, his footballing journey to first grade, really interesting. Uh, One of many guys that, you know, he went down to Sydney, uh, he was with Parramatta, and was essentially told he's too small. Um, And, you know, I've been a selector in a lot of sides, I've coached a lot of teams, and you tell kids that they haven't made a side, or they're not up for it, and you know, it's like it's like their world crumbles around them. And, you know, Jarrell would have had these feelings without a doubt. He would have gone all the way to Parramatta, I've been told you're too small, we don't think you've got it in you. And, you know, instead of crouching over and calling it a day, uh, you know, he got back up, he went again, and I mean, a couple of years yet later, he's playing first grade, state of origin, and for the Kangaroos and scoring a try in just about every game he plays. A really incredible story. Uh, we don't get into the injury here. Obviously, Drow Yeah, his career was cut short in a tragic circumstance uh, over in Perth. We get into that later in part two and part three. But this is just his journey coming through um, his first grade debut. We talk about that. And we ch- touch on a number of guys in rugby league. We talk heavily on Anthony Griffin. Um, obviously, Drow, he's, he's best mates with Ben Hunt and uh, Andrew McCulloch. So we have a chat about the Dragon situation. We dive into Carmichael Hunt, Darren Lockyer, two guys that he played a lot of footy with as a junior, uh, especially Carmichael Hunt. We have a really good chat about him. You know, he's a guy that I've always held in the highest regard. So to hear one of his teammates talk about him and a guy that really understands his footy. Uh, he's a champion fellow, Darrell, but he's got an unbelievable football brain. Uh, this was a absolutely fantastic chat. I enjoyed it so much. I can't wait to bring you part two and part three next week but for now let's kick it off Jack Reed with the ball he did it off right Yee great skill Jarrell Yee has produced a stupendous play for Brisbane 
to kick clear here. Jarrell, welcome on, mate. How are we? Awesome. Very good. Uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having us. Mate, you've obviously started a new journey recently. You're, you're into radio now. How's it treating you? Oh, love it. Head for radio, so it fits perfect. Uh, I know they say that a lot, people, but um, this one does fit perfect for me. And yeah, it can't shut me up half the time, so it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect fit. Mate, obviously with radio, there's a lot of time slots. I hear people say they're on radio. And uh, I mean, being on radio at one time or other times, it can be an absolute nightmare depending where you are. What, uh, what slot have you got? No, well, I, I started last year in a, a small capacity, uh, a little sports segment uh, at a country radio station up here in Brisbane, and uh, was fortunate enough to move into the drive show uh, towards the back end. Uh, and then, fortunately for myself, I've, I've been doing pretty good in radio, so now I've got my own brekkie show. <laughs> How good so, is that? in the space of a year, of um, yeah, I've gone pretty quickly, but it's uh, it's a very enjoyable uh, industry to be in, uh, and if you're good at it. Um, you can you can uh, make some good money along the way as well. A couple of hash browns on the way in in the morning? <laughs> oh, mate, look, trying to stay away from the hash browns. Uh, up early, uh, sausage and egg McMuffins, more more uh, along my, my go, but uh, trying to stay away from those because I know how hard it is to stay fit when you finish rugby league. <laughs> oh, those hashies, they don't miss you, brother. They do not miss <laughs> you, mate. Not. Obviously, uh, uh, you're, you're a rocky boy yourself. Take me back to your childhood. Uh, you know, how, how, how was it like growing up there? Yeah, look, uh, family grew up in Emu Park, so not in the not in the heart of Rockhampton, uh, on the coast. Uh, a lot of people that are from up that way will be will say it's a it's a little bit more, uh, I think, down to earth in uh, on the coast, not far from Yapoon, where sort of uh, Benny Hunt grew up as well. So, funny thing is, we didn't really know each other at all. I was a little bit older than him, so he went to Brendan's. I actually moved to Brisbane uh, for school and everything like that. So, yeah, back and forth. Uh, a lot when I was a young fella in uh, Rock Vegas, mate. And um, <laughs> Rock was, Vegas, uh, how good's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll ask a, you'll ask a lot of rock people from Rocky. It's what we call it, Rock Vegas, because uh, you can only go there for a short amount of time and you don't last too long. <laughs> what happens there stays there. I'm guessing. Hundred percent. No, it's a beautiful part of the world. And uh, look, in the in the past, uh, obviously, it's 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 really developed some great rugby league players as well. So to be a part of some of that illustrious uh, group is, is wonderful. So um, yeah, moved to Brisbane when I was a, a young fellow though, and um, had an opportunity to uh, go to school down here uh, and grandparents lived here as well with my, with my, my single mother and my little brother. So um, yeah, look, great times back in Emu Park, but uh, I'd probably, I'd probably say that uh, I'm a bit more of a city slicker now. Mate, obviously the name Yao Yao, I mean, uh, not very common in rugby league, but you did have an uncle that played years ago. I believe he played for the Balmain Tigers, is that right? Correct. Um, he played for the Dirty Redcliffe Dolphins as well um, back in the day. Uh, he was uh, he was very well known to play a lot of footy with Arthur Beetson. Mm. And um, uh, my grandfather told me a lot about him. Uh, obviously, my grandfather knew and watched him uh, play a lot of rugby league. And uh, yeah, what I heard and actually I got a, I got a bit of footage of Tim Sheens when I was in the squad for the Aussie squad I was in a uh, I was lucky enough that Tim Sheens has obviously been at the Tigers for a, for a long period of time and he gave me a bit of footage and showed me just how electrifying he was so if I wasn't nervous enough about 
trying to live up to my expectations, you know, that made it a bit harder. But uh, yeah, he, he look, he's a he was a class act. Unfortunately, he passed away at a very young age, um, you know. And uh, look, I just try to do my best to to uh, keep that legacy alive in, in my family. Mate, from what I've heard, he uh, he definitely lived fast though. He did live very, very fast. I've got a story about him, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, uh, <laughs> it's a good one. My, my grandfather said that, uh, obviously, back in the day, and um, dark fellas and black fellas, the coppers and that didn't get along that much. <laughs> so uh, he used to like to uh, do a little bit of shit stirring and uh, stand at the front of the copper station. And when they'd come out and try and get him, he was way too quick. So he'd, just <laughs> he'd take off <laughs> and they wouldn't be able to catch him. Uh, so that was a, that was a funny story, but yeah, look, he's, he he did a lot uh, in a short amount of time uh, at Redcliffe. I I heard a story of him running the full full length of the field off a kickoff as well, and just yeah, he was lightning. So uh, I don't know if I was that fast, but uh, yeah, tried my best. Mate, it all sounds bloody familiar. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, look, I tried my best. Um, I think that was a, a big big part of my life you know trying to live up and uh, not trying to just live in that expectation but i wanted to keep the yeah your name very proud mate i mean you 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 did that without a doubt and um i mean coming through that brisbane system i i heard a rumor that you actually ended up at a sydney club first is that true it's very true uh i actually had a chat to sterlo not too long ago about this he was pretty filthy and um that uh, i wasn't kept down there at Parramatta. uh i was uh picked up by uh none other than rod reddy um at Parramatta, and uh we all know how much of a legend he is uh i was uh lucky enough to go down and play a little bit of eshy ball and um stuff like that uh during uh the year and i was built it out down there for a for a fair while in 2007. Um, but a lot of that doesn't really get brought up too much. Um, unfortunately, Rocket, you know, not gave me the boot, but uh, he just said, look, mate, unfortunately you won't play first grade here. We don't think you play first grade here at this club. That doesn't mean you're going to go on and do nothing. We just don't think that you'll, um, you'll, you'll, you'll do it here. They had, and to be honest, Parramatta, we all know what uh, their juniors are like. They had some amazing uh, talent coming through uh, there. Albert Kelly was there at the time when I was coming through um, as well. So, you know, uh, he was someone who I sort of latched onto when I was there because just being an Indigenous boy. But I always find it interesting when you're talking about the Parramatta and the Penrith system. Obviously, the juniors, they've got so much talent that, you know, it tends to quite often be the story the guys that do get cut that, you know, they're not far off being that top talent, but quite often it can just give them that little boost, that little bit of, you know, I'm going to show you. And quite often they do kick on. Did you have that feeling? hundred percent. I think, um, you know, no, being, being a young indigenous boy myself and uh, knowing how hard it was to, just back back when I was growing up, still it was a little bit tough growing up around. I didn't have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, black fellas, I suppose, growing up around me. So, you know, I was behind the eight ball, um, so to speak, straight away. And, yeah, look, I, I hated losing, to be honest. And, um, you know, getting told that I think it, it sort of passed down from my teachers, you know, at some stages saying, you know, you've got to be better. You're not going to be anything if you're not better at school and, and stuff like that. I wasn't a bad kid at school. I just wasn't the brightest kid at school, um, like most of us rugby league I pay players, rent but... there, don't worry. <laughs> 100%. Um, but, yeah, it did. It spurred me on to to want to, uh, you know, take off and not just be a rugby league player, but uh, show, you know, show them that I, I can be something successful if, if it wasn't footy. Now, mate, I believe your your first contract that you did sign with Brisbane, um, mate, I, I've heard, 
I've heard a rumoured number. I almost can't believe it's true. Was it a $1,000 contract? Yeah, bargain. Absolute bargain. Um, you can man, walk around the streets of Brisbane and find more, brother. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I've seen buskers have more money on the weekend there in Brisbane. But, yeah, look, Pete Nolan was the one that picked me up at the Broncos, and uh, he's a very good negotiator. And to be honest, <laughs> it was um, – it, was, it wasn't really the money for me. It was an opportunity, and that's all I needed. Uh, I only really needed one chance to, 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 uh, to, to take that opportunity. And I was lucky enough that, man, I had some great footy players around me at the time. So, um, yeah, the $1,000 really wasn't um, something I didn't care about. I did what any young fellow did, and I went aboard a Xbox 360 and a plasma screen TV. My <laughs> mum wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> Oh, how good's that, mate? Obviously, uh, you mentioned your good mate before, Benny Hunt, a guy that I think uh, gets treated very poorly in our game. I think he gets a lot of unfair uh, criticism, in my opinion. But I do remember that. I think it was the 2008 season, mate. You two in the Toyota Cup. It was it was like you were separated at birth. It was like, like <laughs> you guys could just, I don't know. It's like you were just in sync on every single play. It was incredible. Yeah, look, you're giving me goosebumps when you say that because that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it felt like for me and him. Um, we were inseparable uh, away from training as well. We were, uh, I was at his house every weekend. I was sleeping over. Um, and I think this day and age, it's really hard to find that bond you uh, you have with your teammates. I mean, you know, a lot of uh, – and I'm not speaking for all footy players, but I, look, I'd say a majority like to go to work and call it work and – and go home and and that's it but for me it was a lifestyle uh playing footy it was everything to me and me and ben um still not only just then but we still have a very very close uh relationship as friends and um i just don't know what it was about that 2008 year uh i scored 27 tries in 27 games and 23 of them were off benny's uh assists so it just showed what type of footy player he was but also um you know, I got to give myself a bit of credit. I knew, I just knew when he was going to kick it. I just knew when he was going to pass it. I knew when he was going to go through. So we just had that very special connection that I think it's very hard to find in rugby league these days. And mate, it was something I was going to talk about later, but um, you know, I'm sure you do a heap of these interviews and people ask you about, you know, the, the kicks, the regathers, the sidesteps, all that. For me, I remember watching you and the thing that stood out to me was your kick chase and, um, I imagine, you know, when, when I have halves on the podcast, they talk about how important the kick chase is. I had um, I had Brent Sherwin on, and he just said, you know, a kick is only as good as its chase. And, you know, I haven't asked you yet, but I'm interested here. What sort of an emphasis did you have on your kick chase game? Because it's, it's something that's extremely underrated in our game for me. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, look, I didn't really know how um, good I was doing it at the time. I think, uh, I think when Lockie uh, sort of was you know, giving me those tip-offs. I think Ben, actually, it would have been when I started in 20, uh, 2008 with Ben. And um, it was actually Anthony Griffin who gave me the tip-off of, you know, we we need to chase these kicks. It was very strict on penalties. So you would rarely – actually, I don't even know if I ever gave a penalty away for being offside. And uh, I think that was a, a big one because I, we tend to take the foot off the pedal, I think, in this day and age. We, we like to take a shortcut or two. And I really prided myself on – uh, making sure that I, I, I wasn't making those plays uh, in an illegal position. So, uh, yeah, once I, once I just found that groove of I knew when people were kicking the ball, 
it was hard to it was hard to stop that. Um, yeah, it just it just becomes something that I just got so good at. And uh, when I got to grade, uh, Lockie was very huge, big on it as well, and I become close with him and my other my other good mate, my redheaded mate Peter Wallace was uh, was also a very big advocate of it as well. And him being a left side player, uh, he would always like to run around to the right hand side and put kicks to the right. So um, yeah, those things that I didn't realise that were the one percenters at the time really probably built who I was as a, as a, as a player um, in rugby league. Mate, a little bit off topic, but a, a couple of names you mentioned there, obviously, are uh, Hawk, Anthony Griffin, uh, Ben Hunt, I know Corey Norman, Andrew McCulloch, they're all down there in Wollongong at the moment. Are you filthy you didn't get a bait to the reunion party or what? I, I actually just got off the phone to Hook um, just before we jumped on here. We're still very good mates. And um, yeah, it's funny how things go in full circle, isn't it? Uh, I know that um, a lot of people, like you said, have bagged <laughs> the Dragons and have said they're going to they're gonna do bad. But um, I just want people to, to realise that when we first played in under-20s in 2008, and I know this is not a, an NRL comp, but we took at least three weeks in that 2008 year to, to really uh, adjust to Hook's tactics. And we got towed our first game. Um, we got absolutely... It was a shellacking against the Roosters. They, in the, even in the trials, the New Zealand Warriors um, put us to bed by a lot. And uh, there's a lot of pressure. You know, people putting pressure on Hook but because of the charity shield. But I've, I see a lot of similarities in what's happening, and I see a lot of similarities in a lot of players struggling to adapt to what he's done um, right now at the Dragons. They're one game in. Um, I think they're going to be uh, more than okay. And he's left, obviously, a, a club like, Penrith uh, in fourth place when he got shafted there as well. So, look, we we, we tend to forget about these things as fans. Um, we like to put people on a pedestal and um, and roast them as much as possible. But uh, I've got full faith in, in 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 Hook, and not only because he's my mate, because I know how good of a coach he is. He's he's a very very diligent coach, and he'll make sure that everyone's putting in their effort to make sure they're uh, they're going to be at the end of the business end of the season looking good. Tell me this, mate, about Hook. Uh, I mean, every coach, every year, they get to a period where, well, most coaches anyway, they lose two or three on a trot. Uh, when the pressure is going to be on Hook, what sort of a bloke is he then when uh, you know, when, when his back's against the wall, they've lost two and a three in a, in a row? How does Hook change from three weeks earlier? Like, what, 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 what sort of a bloke can we expect there? I don't think you do see any change, and that's the thing about Anthony. Um, you know, he's, he's what you see is what you get, and I'm sure that the border, the Dragons, know that. Uh, I think they're probably very aware of um, who Anthony is as a guy because, uh, yeah, like I said, he's he's uh, he's a person who's not going to change his demeanour from from results. He's just going to stick to what he knows and stick to uh, his recipe. And look, if the players buy into it, that's that's the biggest thing because um, having that outside noise is 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 another thing. I mean, just shut all that out. I mean, what happened to the good old days just to go out there and play? you know, play footy and enjoy yourself. I think that's what you lose uh, in this game. We talk about money a lot and um, I think I think it's, you know, bullshit to be honest. I think, yeah, just go out there. Trust the process. Um, sounds a little bit cliche, but, yeah, trust in your coach and, and, and what the stuff he's brought on board. And um, i got no doubt that his tactics are amazing. And if they do, uh, I, I think they'll go a long way, the Dragons. 
Mate, take me to 2009. You obviously make your first grade debut. Uh, I believe it's the first game of the 2009 season. Uh, a pretty big stage, Brisbane taking on the Cowboys. Uh, rivalries, they don't get much bigger than that. Tell me about the week leading up to it, mate. How, did, like, how far out did you know that you were uh, making your debut then? Yeah, well, at the time, um, we, you know, we talk about Hook. Hook was the assistant coach at the time. Um, and Ivan Henjak was actually the coach at the time. So uh, it was a pretty nerve-wracking week week uh, because coming having a full preseason in first grade from under-20s um, aside was, was, was scary enough. Uh, you've got the likes of you know, the persons, people I spoke of before, Darren Lockyer, Justin Hodges, Sam Thiley, Corey Parker, um, Joel Clinton, Peter Wallace, uh, Carmichael Hunt. I mean, <laughs> the side that we had in that 2009 was uh, pretty special. And, you know, we were pretty lucky we'd go on to go to the prelims that year and just fall short. But, uh, yeah, leading up the week was um, – Look, I think I wish I enjoyed it a little bit more. I think a lot of, um, you know, young kids um, probably don't really understand how big it is. You sort of just go about your day and you just sort of just be normal as a, you're a kid, you know, I'm, I was what, 19 years old. So I didn't know right from wrong at that time. I, I, I just... I just thought it was another footy game. Um, but telling, I think the biggest part was, you know, telling my mum and my grandparents because, the, you know, the, the amount of work, and, and any footy player would say this, about the amount of work they have to put in, um, you know, juniors, the fees, the getting us to training, to, to getting us to games, um, all that leads up to that one moment. And that's probably one of the most special things you get to do is, is, is tell your parents that, you know, all that hard work's paid off. You know, me whinging all the time about getting new boots every weekend and you having to fork out the money. Um, it's all worth it because, you know, I'm going to play in front of 55,000 on the weekend um, in a Broncos jersey. So, yeah, that was, it was pretty special. Pretty, like, incredible stuff there. And, of course, we see the Brisbane Broncos nowadays when someone's making their debut. Uh, they do the – they score a try at training. They do the celebration. Tell me about the moment that the rest of the side found out that you were making your debut when you first got your jersey. I imagine that squad, that would have been a pretty close bunch up there. It was. It was. It was a very close bunch. Um, I was actually lucky enough to debut uh, with one uh, other wing, and that was in, in – uh, um, Antonio Winnerstein as well. Uh, so that was a pretty special moment for both of us being two rookies wingers, two rookie wingers against, um, uh, I was up uh, against, oh, actually, I can't remember who I was up against now. That's that's terrible. I should remember that. Um, but um, yeah, it was a special moment because I can't remember. Oh no, I think I think um, Lockie gave us our jersey. So, you know, knowing. Gee whiz, you know, how's that? Yeah. So that was a pretty special moment. And like I said before, you don't, really take that in until you step back away from the game like now and you know me saying that to you now is yeah it feels special to even even have said that to say that Darren Lockyer gave me my debut jersey so yeah yeah it's the culture um when I came through uh was was second to none uh it was it just felt like the Broncos of of old and um it made me feel good that I was a part of that and, and going to be a part of special something special for, for a lot of years to come. Mate, you mentioned Lockie giving you your first grade jersey. He also handed you your first try. Uh, it was a pretty awkward little one, though, wasn't it? It was. Um, yeah, look, he's he's a special guy. Uh, it, was, it was always going to be special like that. So uh, he's a special guy. Anything he does 
you know, we've we've watched him over the years and um, how many how many times at clutch moments he's he's done things. So um, that was handy to be able to to get that from from uh, Daryl. I like to call him Daryl because uh, we all I don't know if a lot of people know. I mean, if they listen to the Broncos podcast in the last couple of years, they would know that Daryl's the alter ego. Uh, when he gets on the piss, he uh, becomes someone else. But haven't seen that bloke in a while. Um, I'd like to see him soon. So, Daryl, if you ever listen to this, um, bring him back, please. <laughs> Mate, I have heard Daryl does some serious damage. Daryl is far from good for Darren from what I've gathered. Yeah, that's probably why he's put him away in the closet, mate, and he hasn't come out. I'm sure his wife, Law, uh, would be very happy that he is not around anymore because I still remember times uh, where we'd go uh, back to his house after, uh, you know, a piss up and Law would be like, not again. But, yeah, you know, that, that, those moments where just as good as playing on the field, mate, you know, we got to drink a lot of his Grange, which he probably regrets now because I didn't have a clue what Grange was. Um, <laughs> but you enjoyed it at the time. Mate, Daryl's lucky not to get Darren on the side of milk cartons just quietly. <laughs> oh, definitely. I've seen. Look, there's been times where I've seen. I thought he was going to be. <laughs> Mate, um, I, I dropped a podcast last week. I, I do one one a week where I go into a player and talk about uh, whether they should be an immortal of rugby league. And I had Darren Lockyer last week, and for me, I cannot see how he can possibly miss being in that club. Where do you sit on it? Look, I don't know how the – I'm not sure. And you might be able to help me on this, but I don't know how they judge, you know, being immortal. I don't think they know how they judge it. Yeah, So, and that's the other thing. I think that's that's one thing because, look, we've we've probably passed time where we've we've gone, you know, that that bloke should be that. Darren Lockyer. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. An immortal... We, he wouldn't even be in this conversation if we don't think he's immortal. I mean, if there's a if there's a question about it, we would be having a question saying, oh, I don't know if he's going to be. But you put anyone in this situation, and he's definitely an immortal. Uh, the things that he does on the footy field is it, it was amazing. Uh, not not only from you know a club level, but at a state level and um, at a you know at a national level as well. The things that he's done are second to none. So to say that Darren Lockyer, you know, who, who the people say that he may not be immortal, I think that's I think it's bullshit. I think I think Lockie has done everything, and you know what? He's a very humble person. He wouldn't he won't care. But, uh, you know, from, from someone who's stepped, been in the game and a fan now, uh, if he's not an immortal, there is, there, there's probably something wrong with the system. Mate, you mentioned being a fan there, and I imagine that night, even though, you know, you would have trained with Darren for a couple of years now, I'm sure being on the same field as him would have been some, something different. And I imagine, mate, when you looked over the other side of the park, being a proud Indigenous man yourself, seeing Jonathan Thurston on the other side, like, mate, it, it must have been a challenge for whose uh, autograph you asked for first, just quietly. Well, look, it's funny you say that. Uh, you know, I, I actually didn't know how good JT was until I got probably a couple of years into my uh, career because 
you know, as a footy player, as a young fella, you know, I just got to worry about my job. But as you as you get on and you understand the game a little bit more professionally, you you really look deep into the things he does on the field. Uh, you get to watch him off the ball as a, an opponent. And you see how hard he works off the ball. Um, you, you know, you get to play with him. Uh, you know, and I play with him at both levels at Origin and for Australia. And how hard he works, uh, not only at um, on the field but at training as well. So, yeah, it was it was something special to be, even be able to say that. Yeah, that I I have played against that bloke because when I was coming through, he was arguably the best player in the world uh, at times, and you know that's a pretty handy uh, you know accolade to have when you got Cameron Smith running around, you got you know Darren Lockyer running around, um, you know so not just to stick to the Queenslanders, but I'm pretty biased. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he was, he, he's a superstar and he's probably another guy that you put in that conversation as well. Well, mate, he's a guy to me that for his entire, whatever it was, 16-year career, he looked in total control. There was about eight seconds during his career where I felt like he wasn't in control and it was the night where you were corkscrewing him. You must give him a, a bit of stick about that. Oh, look, I... Only when I get on the piss because it's only when I got time. It's only when I got time to get the balls to say it to him because he still is a he still is a you know he still is a guy I look up to. So, yeah, look that night was. Oh, I get asked about this a little bit, and I just don't know how to explain moment um, because I don't usually surprise myself, but I did surprise myself that night. And the, the way I see it is, uh, he put a bad kick in. I just caught a lucky ball, and it finished with. Um, him stuffing up. So <laughs> that's the way I see it. It was a, it was a special moment for me. And uh, look, if I don't score that try, I'll probably lose a lot of confidence as a young player. So that probably, you know, really kicked me into orbit and, and where I wanted to go in my rugby league career. It's sort of, mate, it's always a thing in rugby league. If someone's defending you and you can see the number on their back, like yeah. they know they're in serious Barney rubble, don't they? Yeah. Well, look, I, I think he really thought I was going to take him on down the sideline, but, he must think I'm really silly um, because uh, I, you know, when I got to that stage in my, in my career, uh, it was, it wasn't all about um, my stats. It was how, how, how you put on a show as well. So Townsville Friday night, I mean, mad cow afterwards, surely I've got to put on a show. <laughs> Cannot miss. <laughs> Mate, um, obviously that team that you came into, uh, you know, we'll talk more about it later, but obviously your career was cut short. Um, you know, you quite often mentioned in that sentence, you know, could have been anything. Uh, and, mate, I was looking through this team list. I mean, there's a couple of guys here that I feel like would have been superstars. We just didn't see the very best out of them. We got yourself, we've got Israel Folau, we've got Dave Taylor, and we've got one of my favourite players ever, Carmichael Hunt. Uh, mate, I, I want to ask you about one of them. It is Carmichael. I, I look at the way that Carmichael came through. I was devastated the day he left, and I think... We sort of say that uh, Billy Slater, he revolutionised the position of fullback, and I agree with that, but I think Darren Lockyer started it. He passed it on to Carmichael Hunt, and he took it to a new level. Then Billy Slater mastered it. I think that what Carmichael Hunt did in his few years, he was just such an incredible footballer. Yeah, look, it was a, it was, it was no um, surprise that we had something special there at the Broncos uh, within Carmichael Hunt. Uh, look, I... I can't speak highly of uh, K, Sausage Dog, Kami, whatever you want to call him. There's a lot of nicknames that we, we gave him along the way, but um, he was he was, he was was full of – he wasn't just a good footy player. He's full of knowledge uh, off the footy field as well. And um, when you talk about changing the game at fullback, I mean, 
he did. When you talk about the, the how we play our fullbacks now and those block plays with three on two, Kay did it the best. Uh, you know, he set the platform. Bill Bill created the the fullback that um, was was just put so many Ks on on the field. I mean, fullbacks back in the day, you know, that we, we we like to see him in space, but Bill was everywhere. Bill became that number. I think Bill became that uh, that roamer around the ruck where um, where Kay was the was the was the was a ball player. He he really created that um, and, and showed that he had that part of skill in him. And yeah, he 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 was a special talent. I I think when you lose players to other codes like Israel Folau, um and Carmichael Hunt, you know. Where are we going as a game to have lost those players? Um, look, another one for me right now, Salusi sort of Bilbalu. I mean, he's my, he's been my favourite winger for a long time, uh, and for us to lose him to the Reds was was another huge thing. I mean, what do we what do we come to as a game to be able to lose uh, those players? Semi Radradras, you know, like the entertainers of rugby league. So. I don't know how on, on the on the topic of K, he was special and he gave a lot um, to the Broncos and I'm surprised that we didn't win another grand final while he was he was at the club. We fell short. Oof, I mean, I went to a prelim twice with that that group. Uh, the last time K didn't play in that team, but Lockie didn't either. So if we would have in that 2011, if if Lockie hadn't um, broken his jaw in the game before, we'd probably go and win that comp. Um, and that's still something that it's just really digs deep into me because it's the only thing I don't have. <laughs> and it's the only thing that I, uh, I would have been happy to, uh, more than happy to bow out of the game a little bit more. Uh, the Barsers in 2015, I was still on the, I was still on the top 30 squad. So I technically would have got one. So <sighs> you're mad, Barsers. just didn't win it. <laughs> Did you get yourself a ring or what? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. So, uh, yeah, look, it was, it, it's, it's tough, but you know, we, you can, you can have a lot of accolades in the game, but for me, that's the biggest thing is to win a grand final with your team. Yeah, mate. I, I imagine that must be the absolute uh, p- pinnacle. I mean, like, obviously you did achieve a lot in your career. And as I said, we, we will get to it shortly, uh, how it was cut short, uh, but, mate, obviously, um, you know, 2009, uh, you burst onto the scene there, have an incredible season. 2010 rolls around, and it kicks off with a uh, with a pretty special event, uh, the first Indigenous All-Stars game. And I was lucky enough to go to that game. I was sitting I was sitting in the front row where Wendell Saylor scored that try, and he had the corner oh, post. And, yeah. mate, oh, it was unbelievable. I had um, – and, like, oh, I thought that was exciting. I, I found out about 20 minutes later, I had Jamie Soward's mother sitting behind me, and I'm sure you remember wow. he – scored an, an important try in that game to win it for years and made my eardrums are still ringing <laughs> far out yeah yeah that that you know what that week will go down for me to be one of the most special in my career because uh obviously it's very well documented that i am an indigenous boy but i didn't know a lot about my culture until i went in the, into that camp so um that's what though that's what those things are for, you know, and at the end of the game, at the end of the week, we get to play a bloody footy game that that's puts on a great spectacle for everyone. So yeah, I learned, I've learned from that day on a lot 
about um, you know my culture and who I am and my identity as a as a footy player because it you know my grandmother was part uh, her father was part of the stolen generation so that's probably why we'd never talked about it a lot um, when when I was uh, younger and that's why I probably didn't know a lot so um, I poked and prodded as much as I could after that first All Stars game and to my grandmother and finally got some stuff out of her and yeah look um, I've just had a a son, you know, a week ago, um, which which is a week cool, ago. A week ago, oh, yep. I didn't realise um, it was that soon. Congratulations, mate! <laughs> thank I you can't believe much. you're on here. What are you doing? Yeah, he's just asleep in the lounge room. He'll be right. Uh, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I now I'll get to pass that knowledge down to to my son. Um, so that's. That's that's why the Indigenous All Stars and the and the, and the Maori All Stars are, are so important these days. Well, mate, that was going to be my next question. Obviously, but being a father now, like um, you, you just said that you will be passing that on. Tell me, how will you be passing that that cultural importance onto your son? Um, I'm a I'm a teacher myself, mate, and I, I I teach in South Sydney, so I teach a lot of Indigenous students and. For me, there is a massive gap there. Um, there's mm. just not enough connection to their culture. As a as a father, how, how will you look to do that in your son's life? Well, look, I, I've got a I've got a pretty smart uncle uh, who actually lives in Melbourne. Uh, he's a lecturer down in Melbourne, and um, you know, I've been learning a lot of him about who who I am as a person, who you know, who my people are, and um, as a as a father, I'll only get better at learning as well along the way. So uh, that's the beauty about life, you know. I, I I don't I never stop learning as well. So my knowledge will always grow. Uh, but as soon as my knowledge grows, it'll be passed on to my sons because it's so important that I, I start from a young age for him. So he knows his identity because unfortunately for me, um, you know, I, I grew up in a, um, you know, an era that was sort of, you know, just Westernized a little bit. And, um, and my grandmother was just a bit nervous to talk about it. So because of, because of where, what, what happened with that. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to, yeah talk freely and look let's hope in the next you know 5 10 15 years we we get better as a nation um to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land because it's so important um and um you know to to even be sitting here and knowing that the blood that runs through my vein is 60,000 years old is is pretty cool in itself mate it's unbelievable and i think as a country uh we are getting better but geez there there is a lot of improvement still to come isn't there yeah, there is a lot of improvement, but you know what? We'll get there. Um, you know, for me, I see that there's no there's no point pushing, pushing, and pushing as um, harder. I think it's just the approach of just keep it keep it going and, and keep it above water, and that's all we can do is try and make sure that it's still there and relevant. Um, but the more we push, sometimes sometimes people push away from it and they don't want it thrown down their throat. So my you know my approach is. I'll just keep, I'll keep it there. It'll always be there for me. And I'll make sure that, um, you know, my friends and my family and my uh, people in my group will, will be able to pass it on because, hey, it starts from the young ones. It doesn't start from anywhere else. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.